Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters, news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 101. In this episode, we'll be reviewing turn order, we'll open up the team time capsule with the Red Eyes Black Dragon, and wrap it all up with another listener-submitted Brewing Buddies. So let's kick it off with our turn order review. All right, guys, we are here with Zach, the Global Guru. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm great. Um, it is time for us to kind of review a little bit of some of the basics, because I think it's always good once in a while to go back and recheck our basics, because some, it's, sometimes it's the fundamentals that even us as experienced players will fall, you know, struggle with. And we're like, how do we not know this? Because I know sometimes you just start playing and you're like, wait, how does that work? And yeah. if you forget some of the fundamentals, you may be missing out on really good combos and stuff. too. Yeah. So what we're going to do is actually go through turn order again. So all the steps in order on what you can and cannot do during each of the steps, right? Yep. Um, so start out with the simplest one is the clear and draw step. Um, I think a lot of people forget that this is a step because you just do it so automatically. But mm -hmm. this is a step in itself where you're clearing any energy that's in your reserve pool. You don't do it the first turn, which I think leads sometimes to confusion too because people are like, well, I didn't do it the first turn. Um, from your reserve pool, move that to your use pile, and then draw four from your bag. Um, and then if you can't draw four from your bag, you refill from your use pile and then draw up to the four that you need, right? Yep. So this is also where swarm triggers, because a lot of people forget that too, because it's during um, the clear and draw step where you actually pull the extra swarm dice. So if where you're drawing everything yeah, and so if you draw more and then hopefully keep drawing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, if you have a swarm character out on the field that's active and you pull one of the same characters and it's swarm, you just keep doing that until you, you get as many as you need, right? Exactly. And then also one thing that, and this is why it's good to know these fundamental rules, um, with that new Pepper Potts, her ability is while She's Pepper Potts good. is active, draw an extra die at the beginning of your clear and draw step. So that technically means yeah, so you draw the die before you, you draw, draw your four. four. Yep. And then and then you do, you know, what, either put it in your prep or in your reserve pool, and then you draw your four. So yeah, take that. And so. I think there's a couple other cards that do stuff in this in this slot. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to pay attention to that. Yeah, some of them, a lot of them will be at the beginning or before. So you got to watch for those keywords because they'll say beginning or before or end. And then they'll they'll talk about the step that it happens in. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking if a lot of Deadpool stuff happened around that time too. Like mm -hmm. I think the Lockjaw and then the one lady, um, she'd always work that way. So that's your clear and draw step. After that, you go into your roll and re-roll step. Um, so you roll all the four dice you drew plus any in your prep area. Re-roll all at once um, any of those dice you wish. So I, this is one I see where a lot of new players forget the reroll part. Yeah, well, a lot of people as well confuse uh, step two and three. They'll mix them together. They'll mix their roll and reroll step with the main step. Yeah. They'll so they'll like start fielding stuff, and then they'll be like, oh, "Okay, now I'm going to reroll these." Yeah. It's like, well, technically those are two separate yeah. steps. You need to figure out all the ones you want to reroll, then you can move on to your main step, which we'll talk about yeah, where you do all those. Other yeah, because you can't really go backwards. Um, and then this is where the Scarlet Witch comes into play. Mm -hmm where you have to do that. And then there's a couple of other ones that either exclude the step or include the step. Yeah, um, and they usually yeah. deal with with rolling. Like there's the the crystal that you get an extra re-roll 
of your action dice during the roll and reroll step. And so that then the Scarlet Witch comes into play that you can't reroll certain things. So it kind of negates that that crystal card yep. ability. And then so now finally we're into the main step. And this is where it gets like I think the first two steps are most of the time with a few exceptions, it's pretty straightforward. The main step is where a lot of people get confused because what happens with the main step is you have multiple options that you can do and you can do them as many times as you want and in any order Mm -hmm. that you want. Um, So in the main step, you can field characters by paying the energy cost, um, use an action die. Those go out of play or into transition um, when you use them. Purchase dice by paying equal... um, energy to the cost those also go out of play or or transition as some people um use globals yeah you use globals yeah there are people that like to use those Mm, nobody does man that's why they're getting rid of it in the game boo (laughs) low low use cases of globals um and this also is the first step where you run into the issue of priority um but let's kind of cover the basic steps first so you can do these in any order you want um, but it's always a good reminder to remind people that sometimes the order in what you do stuff in the main step may impact what you do later on. Like, say if you have a Nick Fury that allows free fielding and your opponent has a villain, you want to field him first because if you don't, you're still going to have to pay the fielding cost for everything else, right? Yeah. Um, and then so make sure you kind of pay attention to that. And then this is where it gets tricky is now since we this is your first chance to use globals so far in this game – you um picking global so if you're the active player so if it's your turn you can use as many globals as you want and your opponent can just sit there and stare at you until they're blue in the yeah, face yeah you can do as many of these things or as little of these things as you want to do in you know initially yeah um and then so but once you're done this is your opportunity for your opponent to react mm-hmm. um and do something so the one, so you have to pass them priority before you go into your attack step or you end your turn, right? Yep. So so you want to explain how that kind of works in terms of how it works in the main step? Yeah, so, so what you do is, uh, like we were talking about, you as the main player do whatever you want or need to do at that time. And then you'll just basically say most people just term it as I'm passing you priority or I pass you priority. Um, and then the uh, opponent gets to do certain things as well. Now, they can't do all of the same things, so they cannot field characters. They can't use, use any action actions yep. unless they are continuous. Yep. Um, but they can use global abilities yeah. and continuous actions. And te- That's about it. Yeah, and technically they're only allowed to do one. Yes. And then the active player has a chance to do whatever they want again and yeah. go back. I mean, because we were talking about earlier, a good example of this is you can pass someone priority and if they pass it back, you can go buy another card. You can go field the character and stuff. So it allows you to kind of play a little bit of that mind game and mm-hmm. try to see if you can beat them out, right? Yeah, one uh, of the good ones is uh, transfer power. If you play it right, you want to get maybe the other person to do the transfer power first so then you can transfer it back. Um, so saves like, you a shield. Exactly, right? exactly. Or you can get your character with a, a bigger attack, for example, if they don't have anything left to react and bring it back. Or you also, another another thing that's kind of interesting or you can use tactfully is you pass them priority before you even buy a few things. And so you are kind of forcing them to use action or use uh, dice or actions maybe before you, you do something. Um, so if you... 
if you know they could do one or two different things with a with a global and you pass them priority, they they use it, then that can help you decide, oh, now that they've used that, I know that they can't do this other thing, and that changes my my you know choices. So then it goes back to you. You now have the opportunity to to continue to do any of these main step items. So you could pass priority. They use globals. They use their actions. And then you could continue to buy dice. You could uh, use globals, use your actions, react, and do all of that stuff. Yeah. What, what I haven't done, and I, I should try one of these days, is one. it's my turn. I'm just going to pass priority at the beginning. Yeah. Not even do anything. I pass your priority to yeah. see if... And, and then you just continue with your, your <laughs> Just stuff. continue with your turns. Yeah. Um, and then so the one caveat with that is if they pass you back priority... And you do something, you still have to give them a chance to do something else. Yeah. Like, technically, the way passing priority ends is if you pass to them, and then they pass it back and you pass again, Yeah. then then you're done with that. Um, and then last but not least, this is also, I think this is another step in the main in the main step portion that people forget, is at the end of the main step, move any unfielded characters to the used pile. This actually can be a lot more powerful than some people think about it. So say you have a character that's, too high of a fielding cost and you can't afford it, but you have like um, a mutation. Um, Something a, to be able to swap, swap it in. Yep. Yeah. Because that does not go out of play or in the transition zone, like the energy you used to buy earlier. Exactly. So If you used yeah. it as energy, then it's in transition. If you didn't use the die, if you didn't use the character, then it doesn't go to transition. So you're just moving that character die to the used pile. And so you can swap it in, uh, roll it, you know, with certain things, but you can basically target it in the used pile. Yeah. Um, and then so after that, now you have a choice if you're the active player, right? You can either choose to move into the pack step or totally end your turn. Right. Um, and that, that kind of goes into a little bit more global strategy, right? If you yeah. want to do it like that. Exactly. So some of the tactics here, there doesn't have to be an attack step. So during the main step, when you pass priority... They do nothing. You pass again. It, it ends it. If they'd be like, oh, wait, actually, I want to use this global. Technically, it's too, too late. late. Yeah, you know, you sometimes to, you're, you're, you're kind you know, if It's yeah. casual. You'd be like, oh, yeah, go ahead and do it. But sometimes you use it to your advantage. You'd be like, nope, sorry. You can't use it. You lose those dice. Yeah, because um, that, that's where you kind of get this little chess game, right, going back mm-hmm. and forth. And I, I know why, like, especially when you're playing casual, you don't. I most most players I don't think go back and forth do the back and forth right. We're just like okay, well I've done everything I need to do. Just do all all your globals and stuff that you need to do at that time yeah. instead of kind of going back and forth. But sometimes you may want to do that back and forth to kind of force their hand, make them make the hard decision. Exactly, um, and, and so make you, make it really hard for them. It was something that I like to do is roll all shields and have a transfer power on the shield? Well, obviously. <laughs> but but even with that is I'm not going to do that during my main step. If I know I'm going to attack, then I'm going to save all of my globals until after. Um, even action dice. Globals or actions don't have to be done in the main step. Yeah, I always see action dice, that that being probably the num- one of the most common mistakes I see new players doing, like they'll have something with overcrush or something and they'll play it immediately before yeah. they go into the attack step. Yeah, like for instance, there's some that will make a, a character um, like unblockable or give it overcrush. And the unblockable, you have to use that time. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah. But so, over, over, yeah, like overcrush. Overcrush, or... overcrush is a big one. So I, if, if my opponent gives something overcrush, I can, I can prepare for that as I'm doing my blockers. However, yeah. if they wait until after I've declared all of my attackers, I now have the choice of who I want to give over. Yeah, you know, but like, I, like say they 
chump blocked your seven eight character with a sidekick you're, that you want to use it on that one it. exactly yeah. yeah um also with the globals if i want to pump up a character that has overcrush then i'm going to save all of those until after they've declared their blockers and i want to get the best bang for my buck rather than just pumping up something and be like oh yeah i'm just doing overcrush on this one they then know hey i'm going to load up on blockers on that yeah. dude. And you 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 like to do the cuz you usually have board control for some reason when I play so you have more bodies than I do. Mm-hmm. Usually by one and you'll just boost up that one character that goes through and that boost it up, do a yeah. transfer power, something to yeah. Yeah, manipulate that um, that so, extra character you have. Yep. So now we're into the attack step. So the difference between and I think this is where people get confused also mm-hmm. is the between the difference between the main step and the attack step is the attack step there are specific you have to go in a specific order. Right. Um so the first one is of course you select attackers and then resolve any effects that occur due to attacking. Yeah. So like when, when you X character attacks, you gotta do that. Exactly. Yeah. And you declare all of your attackers at the same time. So um You'll, you'll trigger all of those in the order of your choice, but they all go out at the same time. You put them out and then resolve each of the attacking dice, and those ones trigger um, separately. Yeah, like like my, my favorite one I always remember is Cheetah from mm-hmm. um, Justice League. When she attacks, deal one damage. So you're yep. going to deal, say you have three of them, you're going to deal three damage. At the, This is the time where she deals the three damage. Yeah, Black Widow Serena. You, you know, let's say you have four of them. You do all four. You go through each of those. Are you going to spin one down for this one? No. Take the damage. This one? No. Yes. Yep. So forth. Yeah. And then so once that's done, you then assign blockers and then you resolve effects that occur during blocking. So, wow, I'm, I'm thinking of all Golden Age cards right now. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but, like, re- you remember the Beast from Avengers vs. Oh, X-Men? Uh-huh. When he's yep. blocked, you uh, prep a die. When, uh, when, or when he, he blocks, blocks. Yeah. Yep. yeah. When he blocks, you prep a die. Or two, right? Uh, and then you get to choose one. Yeah. Is that the same one? Yeah. Yep. I think there's a couple of them, but his, his, his whole idea was that. Um, I think there's a couple of other ones that, that happen like that, but that's when those all trigger. Um, and then that's why once the block, the blockers have been assigned, that's where I believe infiltrate is going to trigger because there's no opportunity whatsoever after that for a character to get blocked, right? Correct, yep. Um, and then this is the one step that I see so many people skip, and this is a slight pet peeve of mine, um, because they'll always want to... Um, use, Just start resolving damage, right? Yeah, they'll want to like, start... Well, it looks like this is KO'd. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. or Or they'll want to use globals yep. before this, but it's use action dice, and then you place them out of player in transition. So technically, you're supposed to use all your action dice before you use your globals. I see a lot of players doing oh and then i'll switch this this and this and then i'll use my overcrush technically you got to use that overcrush first and so does it matter whoa well it does because say if you give overcrush to no i'm saying why why do you have to do them separately why do you have to do the actions first well because that's the order it's listed is you're actually supposed to do you're supposed to play any action dice before you actually play well it says use global. actions and global abilities so it doesn't say use actions then global abilities. I, I swear there's somewhere in the book that actually says you got to use the action dice first. Interesting. I don't, uh, I see, that's something like, I never knew. And if you look on the turn summary, they re- write it on two separate lines. Also, it's not just on on that line. Yeah, it so, could be. I, I mean, reading from the from the rule book, it says use actions and global abilities. Now the attacker can use action dice from the reserve pool, and both players can use global abilities. Yeah, so we'll we'll so, have to so, we'll have to look into that yeah. to make sure and uh, verify. But basically, you'll be using actions and globals. But it does matter if you have to do them in that order. Yeah, because I it, it matters because that way, if you're the 
um, defender, the inactive player, that mm-hmm. allows you to actually help have a little bit more balanced time of trying to figure out what you want to do mm-hmm. in terms of where you want to place your globals. Yep. Sometimes it doesn't help. Sometimes it may. Um, and then you play globals, both players. Again, the active player goes first, and you go through the priority rigmarole. Mm-hmm. And, one, and one thing with this is... Um, one thing to clarify, clarify as well is once blocked, always blocked. So there are certain things where you can ping out uh, blockers and things like that. And even if you remove all of the blockers from um, that, that's blocking one of your attacking dice, it's, your die is still considered blocked, so it's not going to do the damage um, as if it was unblocked. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you will assign and resolve damage and then you resolve effects that occurred doing to, say, if this character was damaged or if this character was KO'd, but no one KOs stuff anyway. So. Yep, and, w- and one thing to remember is that when you're assigning the damage, it all gets assigned at the same time. You don't do this one first, then resolve that ability with that one, then go over here and do this one. It's not a choice. You're resolving yeah. all of them, but if there are conflicting uh, abilities, then you, you could trigger those in the same order, but remember that all of the damage is assigned first and at the same time yeah because i see a lot of people confuse that because they'll just look at each individual die and kind of want to do that yeah you know through the list where yep. all of them all happen at the same yeah time. so you can't yeah. do something like oh well this guy took damage so that means all these are out and so it does more overcrush and things like that yeah. it doesn't work yeah and then the last but not least is the cleanup step um so you move all unblocked characters to the use pile and then you end all effects and clear all damage. And then you end your turn, move your dice from out of play or the transition into your use pile. So that's where all that energy you spent earlier on in your turn now finally is in the use pile. Yes. And also any unused action dice. Um, a lot of people, you know, it, it would be really nice if we could keep those uh, into the next turn. But unless it's continuous, your action die um, also goes. Yeah. To the it's you use it or lose it early in the attack step. So kind of those are all the the steps in terms of term summary. And this is where I actually like the rule book is if you go to the last page of the rule book, it just has all of these listed in order. And as someone who's been playing this game long enough, they are, I've noticed through the years, they've actively tried to keep that as clear and consistent as possible for a player reference. So that's always a good place to check if you're kind of confused about your turn summary. Um, on that. So do you, do you have anything else you want to kind of add in terms of turn summary? Cause I, like I said, I think especially when we're playing casual or if you've played it for so long. You, you, you get in certain habits yeah, you of get doing bad habits you know, certain stuff, ways yeah. and you forget that there are some little things that could give you an advantage, especially uh, you know, since we're getting close to maybe some competitive events. It's, it's good to know all of these things going into those, especially if you haven't done a super competitive thing because that's when people get a little bit more stingy yeah. and they'll say, hey, actually, no, you, you only get the one global and then you have to pass to me because i'm you know gonna maybe do something that that might change the game yeah so um that's you know so yeah that's kind of the order and you know if you have any questions or if we missed anything um shoot us an email double burst at ktdata.net or leave it on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash double burst zach thanks for kind of talking about this turn summary because i always like to review this once in a while since i i, I even forget some things because i mean sometimes we'll yeah. play games we'll be talking about something entirely different and just going automatic yeah and just for, uh, it will yeah. forget some of the fundamentals but but hey if, if you're listening and you have a, a cool trick that you you have figured out that you know, you can maybe manipulate or give something to your advantage. Let us know. Yeah. All right. So we will have you back on a little bit later where we're going to brew a team. And I think this one's actually a pretty fun one. All right, guys, we are back with the KO King 
and Dr. J. How you guys doing tonight? Really good. Good. Um, it is time for us to dust off some old teams again. We're going back to our team time capsule. Where are we storing all these teams is my question. I just... I, I wonder about that too. I don't know. It's because isn't that what you do with a traditional time capsule? You seal it up somewhere and then you crack it open later, right? I so, I, t- I store my teams in dice towers that I glue together. <laughs> when I've done with the team, I retire it, glue all the dice into the dice tower. All right. So this time we're going. I think we're going pretty far back in terms of the teams, but this was a cool one, and it's based around a Yu-Gi-Oh card, right? Yep, that's right. So so we're talking about what is it the common the no, the, the the common was it the common, it is the common. there's no yeah. un oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, like, there's no uncommon cards in Yu-Gi-Oh but there are uncommon cards in Yu-Gi-Oh but there are no uncommon cards from the starter in Yu-Gi-Oh Yeah I was I was trying to remember was it common or rare but we're talking about the red eyes black dragon It's one of the two commons Yeah so it's one <laughs> of the starters um, and it says, when this monster attacks, knock out all sidekicks, both players. This monster gets plus two attack for each sidekick knocked out this way for six cost bolt. Yeah. Oh, max die of two at least. Yeah, max of two. <laughs> this was one of the reasons I bought the Yu-Gi-Oh starter pack back yeah. in the day. This was the... Really? This card? Yeah. 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 And it, it's it's already pretty uh, beefy because he's a five, six, seven <laughs> SB stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's attack and defense, so he gets up there. Yeah, so so this was a team that was run by our, our friend Ben. Yeah. What up, Ben? I don't know if you still <laughs> listen to the show or not, but um, he, he put this team together. And, Jared, you kind of know most of the ins and outs of this team, right? Yeah, so I, I helped him tune his team quite a bit, and I practiced with him a lot, and it's a really strong team. The reason I think this card didn't do so well was because it was – a team that he had created during the the bard meta and it was really well, what's the bar bard the the half elf bard yeah you know when diego was playing bard all the time yeah what is bard it was what made <laughs> dice masters not fun for about a year and a half <laughs> anyway so he'd made this team during that time and actually did pretty okay uh in some wkos with it it's not it wasn't fast enough or strong enough to beat a bard, but nothing ever is. Uh, but it was a really, really fun team with a really solid win condition that if this card existed in the meta today, I think it would be very fun and a very competitive team. So basically, he had the red-eyes black dragon, KOs all the sidekicks, and he gets plus two attack for each of them. He would use the white tiger global in order to get both players to put sidekicks out in their field. Um he, I believe he had um, Professor X on the team for ramp. Old school Professor it was, X. It's old school, man. Yeah, yeah the, the mask and you, you pre- and you move over to sidekicks, not, the, right. not the new one. You couldn't make a competitive team without him in the past, really. I mean, it was kind of important. And then he had the basic action fighting, which was huge and super important. Yeah, because that, which one, what, what was the ability for fighting? So fighting is for each of your character dice KO'd during the attack step this turn, your opponent must KO one of their character dice. So what would, what he'd do is he would use Professor X, he'd use White Tiger to field as many sidekicks as he could for, and force his opponent to field sidekicks, and then... He would get he'd get red eyes out in the field and wait to roll fighting. And as soon as you roll fighting, you attack with red eyes, right? Or yeah. You, you would, yeah, yeah. You would for each character dice KO during the attack step this turn. So he would play fighting. He'd go into the attack step. He'd play fighting. He would attack with red eyes. He played it before. Yeah. 
We just we, we just had a segment on turnover. <laughs> you gotta use it. Right. Well, you can play this in the main step. It doesn't matter. But you have to play it before they get knocked out. Before you attack. I'm just trying them. to get consistency over here, Jerry. Whatever. Whatever. And, so and anyway, Zach, Zach's probably like, I just did a whole segment on this, and you weren't listening. You would have to do it in the main step. <laughs> well, it's one of those actions too that like continues, not continuous, yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, it's you not giving it over step, crush But it doesn't have any effect until the attack step. Right. Yeah, and so he played in the main step, and it's a two-cost basic action, which means it's dirt cheap. You'd KO all of your sidekicks and all of their sidekicks, and for every one of your sidekicks that got knocked out, they would be forced to knock out one of their non-sidekick characters that was still in the field um, because they wouldn't have any sidekicks to knock out instead. So basically it was a complete field clear, and for every sidekick that got knocked out, Red Eyes would get plus two attack. And you'd basically do that until you'd basically... Put sidekicks out until you could get 20 attack on red eyes and just wipe them out in one hit. Um, I just, I. Oh, Russ was total, signaling like he well, wanted to talk. So, <laughs> you just hit his brewing nerve. I, you why. did hit my brewing nerve. Well, fighting is always, if it didn't have the line during the attack step, it's always been an action that I really, really want. And I've built a lot with, but I just, I just thought of a combo with it. To trigger the way I've always wanted it to trigger with with the new rare Polaris. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> but you could cause Hush is, you know, KOs and preps, but the timing's always off. Mm-hmm. But I just realized that you could turn something into a bat friend later. So Yeah. <laughs> well, Interestingly enough, talking about Bat Friends, another card that he had on this team was Alfred, I think. I'm pretty yeah, sure he had Alfred he on this team. If he didn't, it would have been a smart thing to put on your team because Alfred gets KO'd since he's an ally, gives Red Eyes plus two for each of those, and he can come back into the field, which allows you to he- have some blockers after your Red Eyes goes through if you don't have enough damage to deal the full 20 damage. R- Red Eyes triggers once, right? It wouldn't continue to KO Alfred, right? Yeah, no, no, no. It, it would only trigger when, when he attacks. One, yeah, when yeah. he attacks. It would be during that step. I want to say he might have also had some kind of attack booster or something on his team, but I can't remember exactly. Not that he really needed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be like if you could get to 18 and needed two more. No, the only reason. When I played this, the way that I would, you would have to play around it, like totally work around it. You could never field sidekicks. Um, and that was the way I managed to beat him once was just never fill the sidekick. So it kind of took away a buff. Right. But then he added, uh, the, the global white tiger. And then you added scarecrow there. There is, (laughs) I actually think this team gets better now yeah I imagine mean, there's how so well, many things that you, you have add you, yeah you have you have more allies so now too so it's a lot easier to get stuff on the field absolutely and well the ring of winter yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> no well, I mean, yeah you could put him out on level three automatically yeah. you can discount him with it um i think you're i think you're absolutely right i think he gets better now than he used to i mean there's a lot more allies that you can put out there's just a lot that you could use. I, w- I was thinking about some. Oh, it's huge against like control teams, you know, because Madame Mask doesn't affect this. Um, the Wrecker wouldn't affect this really, other than your White Tiger Global. The, I mean, the Blob maybe, 
could stop you. But at the same time, I mean, once you get red eyes out and you attack, all that's going away if you have when you get fighting. Like all those control pieces, they're gone. Right, but that the blob it sounds so crazy, but you could almost get this in the field faster than you could get blob because of the ring of winter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I, I was I about mean, to been, I was about to ask if this was a pre or post collector. You know what? You know what makes oh, oh, I just I mean sorry everyone for because you I know you all thought of this before I did, but just thought about this. Insect plague would be amazing with this team. Because you just roll all those and field all your sidekicks. You just constantly keep playing that action and rolling your sidekicks. Well, you could use Jubilee and uh, Professor X. New Professor New X. New Professor X field sidekicks. I mean, you've got two globals now that... And and I don't think the old Professor X would be a great fit with this team now because you've got I mean, Ring of Winter. You don't, have to, yeah. you don't have to break that churn. you got energy fixers. You use the... Professor X filled the sidekick and the white tiger. So you're just filled in everything. Yeah. Ooh, doppelganger would be fun on it just to force <laughs> right. them to fill sidekicks. I mean, that would be more long term, like yeah. the fun control game. Yeah, but- it would be fun. One of the things that really hurt this team was like the, uh, the blink transmutation global. You know, you could clear their entire field, but as long as they had or a mask Kate left Bishop over, they Global, could blink right? it back. Yeah, yeah, it's Kate, Kate Bishop. Yeah, Global Kate Bishop now. now. <laughs> Which <laughs> that was, I mean, that was a bigger problem with Professor X because people were saving masks. They were rolling a ton of dice every turn. You'd always have a mask sitting there waiting. Nowadays, that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, you barely have energy sitting there waiting. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if Which, you do, you wasted it probably. Which, if you're planning on playing, I mean, it has the same issues that. Uh, as good as it is, it had the same issues that you do with the Mr. Fix and stuff. If you're just looking at one character to do a solid blow, then you're going to kind of be in trouble sometimes if there's that one global like Kate Bishop. That, yeah, you need oh, something to gonna, stop it, like the Wrecker or, right. or something, to the Blackbird global, something to stop them from stopping you. Um, but, Feedback would be a fun action with this as, as well, the feed. They, yeah, they yeah, take yeah. one damage for every character that you KO. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be fun. So um, I would love to see this card get a reprint it was, in something modern, something similar to this. Yeah, I know. And it wouldn't be hard. I mean, you could have put this on Surter or some other there awesome is, character uh, like that. It, not exactly the same, but there is a Juggernaut that gets Two plus, two plus for every sidekick that's KO'd. So if you have a way to wipe sidekicks, this does it all yeah, at this, once. This does it on which its is kind of nice, but those two together would be kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you would need two giants coming through, but could you could do a juggernaut and then use that um uh oh what what's her name? The shield. Um, that you pay a shield and she deals one damage to all other characters. You could use doppelganger. Well, you can't use both doppelgangers, but you could use the D and D one as well and copy your blue eyes, or not your blue eyes, your uh, red eyes. Man, those dragon, those D, those Yu Gi Oh dragons with the Ring of Winter is really <laughs> something I want to play with. <laughs> it was. I mean. Yeah, I always thought it was like a little 
dumb that they included those in like these work with all the dragon stuff from D&D but you're right it would be fun to play around with it's to balance out the unusable Egyptian god cards <laughs> right <laughs> that's what we I need to send in a brewing buddies where we figure out how to get all three Egyptian god cards on the it's field. obelisk the dragon right so I can use was the winged Slifer. dragon of Ra considered a dragon I think it was Slifer wasn't it Slifer the Sky yeah, Dragon. The yeah. sky dragon. Was, there were two of those I were know, dragons. I want to use Ob- Obelisk. Why? Because he was awesome. I liked Slifer. He was one of my favorites. Although it was like impossible to get him out. And he never <laughs> rolled on his 10 attack side. Well, he would with Ring of Winter. <laughs> <laughs> He's an 8 cost, right? Or is he a 10? Uh, the one I played with, I think, was an Slifer 8. Slifer was an 8. Um, his 7 cost had the Magic Missile Global on it. You used Blue Eyes Slifer and Ring of Winter? It was not the... Oh, it wasn't the Magic Missile Global, was it? Oh, yeah. Pay one bolt, deal one damage. Oh, I totally forgot about this. Why did... Did you see Did you see the Global on that? Pay, pay On the Super Rare, pay a bolt and move a sidekick die from your prep area to the use pile to deal one damage to target player. Yeah. I used to play... This was the one I used to play with was Super Rare. This was my first Super Rare that I opened. How dirty would that be if you use that with like? It had a X23. really fun ability. When summoned, knock out all opposing sidekicks <laughs> while this monster is active. Sidekicks cost three extra energy to summon. <laughs> you pay three f- to field a sidekick. No one would ever pay that. I love that card. Oh, we should put this on our unfieldable team. Right? <laughs> it's finally playable <laughs> now that you can buy an eight cost character and not have to worry about breaking your ramp. I think that's the other thing with this team and other teams when you think about a seven cost, even though it's not, I don't want to say it's super easy, you don't have to break that ramp. I think when we go back to Golden, there people start playing Golden. A lot of people like, oh, I'm just going to go PXG, but it, it's a different kind of ramp. Now it's just more streamlined where before it was like all right i got a break ramp i'm gonna purchase here but i'm gonna kind of hurt myself for the next turn yeah and it's like oh i can't buy that eight cost character because i only rolled nine dice and that would only leave me with one mask left over to play professor x you couldn't do yeah right because what would happen is everything would go in your bag yeah and then it's like ooh, what what am I going to get? Yeah, because that was pretty much the rule back in the day. It's usually whoever broke ramp first would lose the match. Yeah. I don't, I don't miss those help. days, but I miss I miss some of those cards. The Yu-Gi-Oh cards were so much fun and so overlooked. Yeah, and you go back now and you can see what they were testing and what they've kind of refined a lot of them. Oh, to yeah. Build. So like, many of the newer things I, came from I actually from was looking Yu-Gi-Oh at Yu-Gi-Oh set. today. Uh, if it was legal uh, i have a feeling we would have seen thousand dragon with yonti teams oh y'all <laughs> that card that card was dumb because that was like you only use it for the global like it had no other reason i could never get a fusion to work global. all right I, w- I really wanted that fusion to work the, the, the beginning of fabricate early fabricate <laughs> two fusion monsters and ko them to the prep area to buy it only problem is there was a total of two fusion monsters. <laughs> and you have a max one on your fabricating. You, you could have an awesome uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dragon team, though. Blue Eyes. Get Blue Eyes out on like turn two, turn three. Actually use his ability, which is awesome. Yeah, my question is, when are Baby we going to... Dragon. When are we going to convince you to watch the source material? i'm not gonna lie like red eyes black dragon was one of my favorite characters from that tv show and my wife was going back and watching it recently and i'd pop in and see it and i saw the one where 
Joey Wince's Red Eyes Black Dragon from Rex Raptor, and I was just like, oh, I loved this episode in high school. Yeah, <laughs> so then, good. The, the, <laughs> then you just see him get totally pounced by Weevil and is cheating. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> he time. wins that match. <laughs> Somehow. That was, that was some of the good stuff about Ben's team, though, was a lot of players didn't know yeah, it would, how it, to deal with it. They hadn't yeah. seen it before, or they didn't know how to play around it, because whenever you could throw in a Yu-Gi-Oh card like... Uh, Karibu or something like that. It always caused issues for some Karibu. players. They that was my favorite know. thing to do is to bring a card that nobody ever like <laughs> played <laughs> and be like, oh, and I'm going to use that card that you just overlook and wreck your face with it. <laughs> that's that's why I love Trusted Friends so much. But It's not a good card, let's be honest. But, this. I but always, Red Eyes was that way too <laughs> yeah. for a lot of Ben's teams that he played against he'd be like oh it just gets a buff or whatever and then all of a sudden your field was clear and this guy was coming at you there's nothing you could do it was really fun really awesome to watch all right so guys thank you so much for kind of going back into the time capsule if you guys at home have an old classic team you want us to feature just shoot us an email double burst at ktdata.net or leave it on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash double burst um, guys, I will see you in a second where we're going to brew something that I, I'm kind of excited to see what we come up with because it looks fun. All right, guys, we have the whole crew back here. We have Dr. J, the Global Guru, and the KO King. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Um, it is time for us to have another Brewing Buddies. And if you guys have not heard throughout the whole episode, I've been waiting for this segment. Um, so this was sent in by Leroy Martinez, and his letter goes, Hi. I would love to hear your advice on a villain-centered deck, a villain deck centered around the rare Thanos Eternal Might. He uses uncommon spot portal jumper with investigation for ramp and the rare Bifrost bridge between realms for the ability and fixing. The goal is to buy a bunch of cheap villains and use the Bifrost to feed them to Thanos since Thanos sends them to the use pile. I know the Bifrost does not trigger itself, but I think it still has potential. I'm not sure how to bring it together, but I've been using the super rare Norman Osborn and Big Entrance. Thanks, Leroy Martinez. So if you guys aren't familiar with this Thanos... He's a eight cost mask, max die of four, because you're going to field all four of them. And his ability is while Thanos is active, each time you field the villain character die, it deals damage to your opponent equal to its attack. Then move that character die to your use pile. So what do you guys think about this team? I, I, I like this card, I think has a pretty neat effect. Because I, I can totally see Thanos like thematically just tossing all his like villain peons at the Avengers and the Guardians and just smashing attacks that way. Um, but but where would we start? He kind of gives us a kind of a basic framework. Is there anything in that framework you guys would change? Or? Well, there, there's kind of two things you need to remember here. You need a way to get him and then a way to get villains with high attack, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like the spot as the way to get Thanos just because... Um, I don't know if you can get the eight energy you need with just the spot. So what do, what do you use with the spot to be able to get all that energy? The investigation. Investigation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're drawing like six dice or something? You get four dice every time you use you it. You get four dice every time you use it, plus the four dice you get. You know, you need enough energy to buy Thanos. Maybe that maybe that'll get it for you. I just don't like relying on the spot to get that because he's kind of a weak character. He's not that hard to keep out of the field. If you have Tabaxi Rogue, that's four damage a turn. Yeah, I know I've said this a lot before. I kind of like the idea of using the Uncommon Collector to buy Thanos because 
not only because he's guaranteed, you know, once you once you field the collector, you're guaranteed. Not only that, you don't have to keep trying to get it. Like once you buy Thanos once, you can't buy another one because you can't keep spot in the field. He's just gonna do his damage and leave. So, but the collector, if you field another collector, he's automatically going to the use pile. He'll deal one or two damage, but you can buy another Thanos. And I think attacking with Thanos is kind of how you're actually going to get most of the damage you need in order to do this team. I don't like... So Man, I'm just it, like super criticizing this team, I feel like, but I don't like Super <laughs> Norman Osborn either because he does damage for other characters in your field, right? Mm-hmm. And he there will just be Thanos because... Or it's other villains, right? Thanos will be the only villain in your field because all the other ones are going to the use pile. Well, villains in their field, too. No. Yeah. No. I don't think Norman so. Norman Osborn gives yeah, with Norman one damage Osborn. for all villains. Oh, he does? Yeah. yeah. So one one uh, one thing that. about the spot is he's got higher attack than the collector. And so once they're cycling those... You could just continue to cycle the spot, so you just buy a bunch of spots. Yeah, because the spots a two da- two attack on all sides. So here's my if I'm reading this right. Whereas yeah. in here's my collector is only two on one of its side. How well, I'm not saying collector is the damage, just but, the way you're looking it's, for it's damage. It's a way to like kind of reuse what you've already, you know, you're reusing the spot in the deck, you know, with with him because you're I, you I'm might draw. Jared, I don't like spot, but yeah. a lot of people do for the ramp. Yeah, I have well, a, it's hard because if your meta has to back zero, yeah, it's like out of the question, right? Yeah. I have a question on timing. So well, that's that. danger room, all character dies lose their affiliation and gain villain. So when is that? I think Whenever it only counts it. the character because does it say character dice? It does. So I think only the ones that are in the field at that time. I kind of am leaning that direction too. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, if it just said character, I would. But I go the other way. Hella says character dice, and so like all of the other ones that say your character dice cost this much less to purchase, uses that same terminology. So I could see an argument that they all are, but it's one of those debated where. Well, anyway, uh, let's say this works. I don't think so. <laughs> I would go as odd as it sounds, Thanos, Ring of Winter, Gold Dragon, and Danger Room. Wait, why Gold Dragon? A tune. And if it's a villain when I filled it, it deals that eight damage. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty beefy. Yeah. Um yeah, because I was I was looking through characters that can just break Buy straight up without any discounts. And looking at it, the best bang for your buck right now is probably, um, I was looking at it, it's Hush. Because he's a two-cost villain, and his fielding costs are zero zero one, and it's a one two four attack. So it's not as expensive. Because I know some people are probably looking at Nightwing. The reason I don't like that Nightwing is because he's a one one two to field. Well, I was kind of looking at Sebastian but Shaw. You're not, you're not fielding him though, right? You you for oh, you still have to pay to field him. Yeah, it's because cause the way Thanos it's reads when is fielded, right? yeah when you field the villain character die. Yeah. So you, like that that's where the fielding costs are gonna. You I gotta think, put that in. I think I might I might do Sebastian Shaw and throw like a Nick Fury on my team to see if I can get free fielding on some of my characters. You know, because if they have a villain on their team and Nick Fury's out, you can field them for free. And so I would just go with Sebastian Shaw. He's got 
a zero three one six. two three three and then six six side so you're yeah. kind of banking on on rolling that high level but he's got the beefiest stats for the lowest price what do you, what do you think i am zach i can't get that six six side i'm only gonna get that one two side we all know this <laughs> then you play the no never mind you can't play her <laughs> scarlet witch is a villain never mind she won't work just, yeah, this, I, that, that plan doesn't sound solid for me, Jared. Well, I don't care. <laughs> wow, so angry. So angry. So, you could play so it. You angry. could play it with. Um, no, never mind. I was gonna say Firefly, but she's not amazing either. So, how do you guys feel about this Bifrost? Do you think I like Bifrost? Um, I've I've started to like anything that can pull stuff in and field. Uh, similar to like Earthx Captain America. I think this Bifrost works i mean you kind of gotta go toward it yeah so so if you guys aren't familiar this is the rare from uh, thor uh four cost shield when you feel the character die you may ta- feel target character die in your use pile in the same level for free and it has the uh shield energy fixer on it i would probably use mr miracle or something if i was going to go that route so i'm going to give it boomerang so it doesn't have to keep going through my bag but i can so i would try to use thanos i would try to avoid my bag this may sound convoluted, but I try to avoid my bag in the sense that maybe if I get Thanos and Mr. Miracle out and then I use Bifrost and a bunch of cheap villains, maybe like a Norman Osborn, get those in my used pile, hit Bifrost, field all the Norman Osborns, deal the damage, whatnot, attack, and then roll my Bifrost, bring it back over, and then those are my used pile again. Because I think you're going to have to avoid the bag. I don't, with the fielding of Thanos, if you're just doing old school, like bag, field, bag, field, it's not going to trigger really fast. Yeah. I mean, I like the Bifrost. I just feel like it's a little expensive. I might do something like... Thousand Dragon to discount it. (laughs) (laughs) I might go that route. Might as I might go with something Thanos like cheaper. reclaim to move the move them back, move them back over to my prep area. Um, I don't know something that's going to prep dice. Uh, I think that I feel like that's a little better than the Bifrost, just because the Bifrost is a four cost, but it's not terrible. It's not a terrible. It option. comes with the global. I think is why I like it. The but, energy fixer. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't like know how fixers. the energy fixer would really help in, with you this team. Yep. Did, did we agree on a way on, on the on a way to actually buy that Thanos? Because we we all don't like that spot. Limited too much. wish. Well, that's why I was thinking <laughs> the collector. Of, the collector is limited wish, except you don't have to roll it. It's just expensive, so it makes it pretty slow. Uh, Thanos is expensive, but and that jump did, from six yeah. to eight oh, is yeah, huge. Yeah. I, I think I would. Are you gonna say swarm? Dark side no, swarm? No, so Russ, I, Russ I was actually just... thinking swarm with the um, the foot ninja. I mean, there's only three of them, but it's a villain, and it could be swarm until you get it. But I, I was I thinking don't. I like the mindless ones for so you Thanos. Take, you take damage every time. The two cost every time you feel that you take a damage, but he's doing three or four damage. It's like a three, opponent. four, four. So most of the time yeah. you'll be doing four. Yeah, exactly. But that's when that's when you get even more mean and put villain, uh, vicious, vicious struggle. struggle on your team. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you would get wrecked by fast teams because yeah. you're taking the damage plus whatever they're attacking. Yeah, and with. that's because you only have one character out there 
other than like sidekicks. Yeah, and that, I've brewed. That's actually where the vicious struggle may help. I've I've brewed with I've brewed with this Thanos before, and the reason I didn't end up like really making a team with him was I was like, I'm not gonna have any characters in the field to block with if I need them. Maybe if you get some sidekicks out, you can block with them, but you need more characters out than that. And I was like, well, if I use the collector to buy him, then I'm never gonna have him out to block because he'll always be. I mean, I'll be able to buy all my dice, but he'll never be able to stay out in the field. And then I was like, well, maybe I could, like, take away his villain global or his villain affiliation. I guess you could do that, right? You could use the yeah. Ra's Ghoul global in Batman to remove the villain affiliation from characters you wanted to keep in the field. Um, some control characters or something like the Wrecker or if you needed a villain in the field. Oh, 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 what was that? There's the one card that makes all your sidekicks villains and gives them plus one, plus Malekith. one. Malekith. Is it Malekith? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You could, you could, you could do that to him, because then he'll stay in the field. Once he's in the field, once his villain affiliation comes back, he doesn't go away. And then you could just field sidekicks and deal two damage every time you fielded a sidekick, and your sidekicks would go to the use pile. And then you could use like Heim, Heim. I want to say Heimdinger, but Heimerdinger, but that's friggin' League <laughs> Heim- of Legends. Heimerdinger? Heimdall, Heimdall. That's it. Move, hey, what if move uh, the sidekicks back to the prep area? <laughs> so can can you make a of you you can't add villain to a card, right? No. no. So you couldn't make a um so one thing it says uh when you move it so there there are no villain villains with immortal, are there? Mm, Hella. Hella has, Hella has immortal. You you could do that, so then every time you'd move it to the use pile it'd go back into your bag. <laughs> so you'd, be to, you'd be able to keep getting it right but that's really expensive yeah no i i kind of like that idea you know just use your sidekicks as the damage dealers if there and if there's any other cards that you have that buff sidekicks i mean those can go on the team too and yeah i'd add professor x let's go to be able to right? get to thin your bag and then also get the sidekicks out yeah so would they get the buff at the same time yeah they'd field and they as soon as they hit the field they'd have the buff and then Thanos would trigger, and they'd take the extra damage. You could get sidekicks up to four pretty quick. Yeah, four there was. Attack. I was thinking. There's one in the turtles that gives sidekicks plus one or plus two. Oh, um, she's um, a four cost. Kar- Karnak? No. Um, it's a heroes in a half shell, right? It's a ninja. Yeah. The ninja character, Karai. 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 That's the one. Yeah. So actually, I mean, you go, you could do the the Jubilee trick, right? Go Jubilee, villain sidekicks, Thanos. Thanos kind of is the kicker, but man, you're doing what, and now four, you're just brewing five? A, now you're just brewing a Jubilee <laughs> team. No, I'm just saying <laughs> you know, you, you're doing this five. fun. <laughs> Way to go, five, Russ. Way to go. damage every time you feel the sidekick. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, there's other things that you could add to these teams to make them do awesome, awesome damage with just fielding sidekicks. You could try the dark side. You start with dark side to get uh, some ramp, and then <laughs> and then bring him in. It's not that. It's not that different. It's not that different from the collector. Honestly. Like, <laughs> you, you have to a, buy a six cost character you, to you ramp up to an eight cost. You gotta put rigorous training to get those uh, defense up on. Your I think I would too. I think I would go Ring of Winter. 
No matter how it'd be, yeah. I'd, I, I'd go Ring I, of yeah, Winter sure. and because because maybe your opponent. Will yeah, bring because it too, then, right? then then your you collector only costs four. <laughs> the what? Then the collector only costs four. That's yeah. genius. I like it. But you go, you know, Russ. It's not f- fair to brew with Ring of Winter though, because a lot of people don't have it. It's really hard to get that card sometimes. You but know? if it gets really popular and both people are playing it, that means you could get the. Collector Thanos, for two. The Thanos for four. Yeah, you could. You could just buy him straight up. Yeah. So 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 beforehand, you have to have two copies and give one to your opponent. <laughs> Say you have to play this, or I'm not playing there. you. That's your win strategy. <laughs> all, all, all of a sudden, now our request for online games has gone up because it's like free ring a winner with, with play. Yeah, temporary. <laughs> I like I like I like the Thanos team. I feel like it has a lot of weaknesses. Yeah, it's um, more for. Fun but it seems like it's such a would be such a fun team. But at the same yeah, time, I, I if you get that, that Thanos other. out and they're low on health, like you just attack with him, they can't afford to not block him, and his stats are outrageous. See, that's why I, when I think Thanos, though, I want the other Thanos deal four damage when they they can't feel the character in today's meta. With it's like no. if you face something, if Thanos faced off against each other, you're you can't field yours, and I'm just. Four damage every time those go to the use pile. Enjoy that. Yeah, that Thanos is so good. That uncommon <laughs> yeah. Thanos is so good. But I, I see this one more as a, a golden team because you, you'll need something quick like Professor X Global, Blue Eyes Global to be able to get enough energy fast enough and make it worth it. Here's one thing that at least would be me, a little more viable. Has me hesitant on this, and it's only because I play with Collector Rare so much. That I've realized that inexpensive characters, even with the discount, anything for or less, typically has attack of two or three on levels one and two mm-hmm. all the time, which makes it more balanced. But you just have really low attack. So to make this work, you kind of need a five, six cost villain. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. On top of the eight-cost villain that you have to field. Absorbing Man would not trigger this again because it's a different when-fielded, right? It's not a when-fielded, it's yeah. a when-fielded. This yeah. is a while after <laughs> yeah. that happens to trigger when other things yeah, are filled. I'm, I'm right. sad none of you guys said throw cube on this team. Could you Could you <laughs> use um, like a mimic with him? To just copy his stats? Well, an ability. Let's see here. I don't Which remember mimic exactly are you talking what, about. What mimic yeah, with does. the copy, you could copy something and they would become villains, right? When you filled it again, they would be villains. Isn't that what the the big copy? Yeah. Means? So, because you get the affiliations and stuff too, so you'd have to have a yeah. mi- You'd have to have a mimic Wait, out copying. Yeah. So villain. if you made mimic, if you made mimic, you'd, you'd have to use the super rare mimic. Right, because when fielded mimic cop, well, he copies the abilities and printed attack and defense of the target character die until he leaves the field zone. So no, that wouldn't work. Was there? Like why, why doppelganger hey, what about doppelganger? Doppelganger copies it, and then every time you fill the doppelganger, he's it's doing Thanos, Thanos it's damage. Yeah. So if it's like, so you're copying itself, which makes it a villain. So you trigger the doppelganger first to copy Ooh. that, and then you trigger the Thanos. It goes away, and you're dealing like what? What are its stats? I think it's what uh, eight. Attack on level three. That, it that's what, and, and it's isn't only it, a three it's nine. Cost. It's nine attack nine. on level three. Isn't so it's a seven eight nine uh, or something. Like tops out like a nine nine. Thanos, yeah, he's a five seven nine. Five seven nine. So you're doing five <laughs> seven or nine with a three cost 
villain doppelganger. Here, here's what yeah. I love that doppelganger. Yeah, no, and you just you just need the common. Yeah, you just keep buying them. Just buy yeah, a bunch here's of what you need. You, you, need I mean, you have three, to pay the fielding cost three, still. And if you really no, you need don't. to, you could even no, copy something that's not a three, villain to yeah. build it. Three common doppelgangers. Here, here's what you need. Three common doppelgangers. A the uh, spiders Spidey's last stand. What's that one do? You sacrifice a character, draw two die. Okay. And buy fro- you need buy frost. So this all has to happen at once. But Russ had a good idea there no, for look, a minute. What you do so serious. <laughs> no, look, what you do is you you play by frost, field the doppelgangers. And game over. They, they won't stay and in the then, field. They'll go. And then you sacrifice them to field them again. So the first doppelganger so you would, would stay in the field with as a copy of Thanos, right? Because, no, right. because it's a villain. Well, not when you first field it. When you first field it, it's not a villain until right. after you field it, and then it copies. Yeah, it's always the, the next yeah, one's would. So you could always use that one for Spidey's Last Stand, but it seems... Difficult and but you could sacrifice pointless. it and you could keep you could keep filling continually. See, Russ has gotten bored. I mean, it would really not ever trigger, but I would. You be only need to, darn determined to, to make it happen. It like yeah, if it's on level three. You filled it twice and yeah, and then attack with all. You know, Russ doesn't believe in attacking. We should know this, so yeah, that's why. <laughs> maybe throw something with overcrush on it. Yeah, if you, you could, could momentum instead. Quick. That would probably be What's easier. A, is it's a mask? That'd probably yeah, be easier. Mask. Momentum would be easier because you could just fabricate the two. You'll need momentum to momentum and fill them again. Ooh, ooh, it would work really well with the collector too because you could get the collector first, use it, trigger, get Thanos, and then field a doppelganger and copy the collector and then buy more Thanos with the doppelgangers, and then you're paying less, and then you could have a whole field full of Thanos, like three or four of them. No, what you do is you Thanos doppelganger, build two doppelgangers, fabricate those, momentum them in, fill them again, and that's game. Somebody all have, without attacking. Somebody have enough energy for all this? That's not important. Don't even worry about that. That's what Nick Fury's for. Gonna put a danger room on there too, just so you can okay. guarantee the so, so here's my, here's my question. Room. Does Thanos work room. on other copies of himself? This is while Thanos is active, each time you field a villain character die, it deals damage to your opponent equals to its yeah. attack, then move that character. Yeah, character he's a villain die. character. Right. Die. So, so just two Thanos. Let's not overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking because I'm like, if Doppelganger becomes a copy and Thanos doesn't work yeah. on himself, if it said other villain character, then yeah. That's why that's why I told you you're gonna buy all four of the Thanos die originally, so you can just do that you don't have to worry about copying you're just right building exactly. <laughs> um, all right guys uh this this one was a fun one to brew so big thanks to leroy for sending this one in i i thoroughly enjoyed kind of discussing and seeing the brew for this so hopefully this helps you put a team together and um show us some of the carnage that you are <laughs> performing with this team because i think once if you get this engine going it's gonna be ridiculous um, and if you guys have suggestions for Brewing Buddies, uh, I think our list is getting short now, so you may hear it pretty soon. Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. If not, Russ might just pick random cards out of his piles of cards. and Sounds we'll like just, a good idea. We'll just brew that. 
Um, but I do know he has a lot of Scarecrow dice, so that's why I'm scared. <laughs> all right, guys. Bruce some teams with that. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and I'll see you all later. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about the Red Eyes Black Dragon? And do you have any tips for turn order? Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe, and cool player resources. If you guys are looking for a way to support the show, head on over to twitch.tv forward slash ktdata and use your free Amazon Prime to sub for the show for this month. So those reset at the end of every month, so it's a brand new month so you can always go resub again and we thank you for your support big thanks to everybody who listens to the show everybody on the team appreciates it and until next time my friends may your dice rolls be ever in your favor Mm -hmm.